Hello, and welcome to Marriage Unchained, the art of one flesh, where saving marriages, saving families, and saving souls is the flavor of the day. Now, let's join our host and author of Marriage Unchained, Catholic Alpha Radical, Jerry Jacobs, Jr. Hello, and welcome to Catholic Alpha Radical Live, the podcast that helps you fix your Catholic marriage, while also giving you winning tactics for marriage problems, girlfriend problems, and intimacy problems for men. But moreover, where my main mission is to keep you out of divorce court and where marriage unchained, the art of one flesh, divorce, combat, coaching is the flavor of the day, while also helping me understand marriage and courting, not dating in the Catholic faith. Why? Because dating is for sex and courting is for marriage. In this 190th episode, Spiritual Warfare for Husbands and Your Number One Battle Weapon Against Satan, Part 3, plus live phone calls from you answering your marriage in crisis questions. So get in that cue, okay? So if you're getting value from this show as we go through it today, please share it and give it a big thumbs up. Don't wait. Get in the queue for some resolution to your marriage confusion. And today's great quote is no one wants to believe in evil. Really, above all, not in an evil being, an evil spirit. Everyone wants to abolish the idea. To admit the existence of evil means a responsibility, and no one wants that responsibility. That is the opening through which the evil spirit crawls, stealing all suspicions, making everything seem normal and natural. That is the thought the wariness of the ordinary human being, which amounts to a disinclination to believe in evil. And if you do not believe in evil, how can you believe in or ever know what good is? End quote, Father Malachi Martin. Bam. I've helped hundreds of men in their marriages. Allow me to help you in yours. Get live Catholic marriage help Tuesday through Thursday, 10 a.m. Eastern, for some resolution to your marriage confused. Okay, so let's go. Let's get this going. It's going to be a pretty short um, show today uh, because uh, I really want to go over these things about the Blessed Mother, um, the Rosary, um, and it, um, we are going to really just compound on the last two days that we've had. If you want to know uh, the other, the other two shows are eight one episode one eighty eight and episode one eighty nine. Um, man, I'm only 10 episodes from 200. Woo. <laughs> wow. So, um, that's, I guess there'll be a landmark on it. Yeah. Okay. So let's get going today. We are talking about how to defend your home and the, the number one battle weapon of the man is the rosary. The rosary, um, comes is a meditative prayer that comes 
that focuses on the life of Christ and the sorrow of his mother, the Blessed Virgin Mary. Um, the reason the rosary is a meditative prayer because meditative prayer is the second level of prayer, which is the gateway to the other seven levels of prayer. And the nine levels of prayer are vocal prayer, mental prayer, effective prayer, prayer of simplicity, infused contemplation, prayer of quiet, prayer of conforming union, and prayer of transforming union. Okay. Um, and so that is just, just so we're clear that the meditative prayer is the gateway to the other levels of prayer. Vocal prayer is the least effective. Vocal prayer is the first level. Okay. The rosary comes from uh, St. Dominic, the saint to whom the rosary was given in the 12th century, and later to Blessed Alan de la Roche, who reignited devotion to the rosary in the 15th century. And also, we must understand that kind of goes with uh, Fatima, where the Blessed Mother appeared to, what, over 500 people, I think it was. Um, and that uh, and that was one of the messages, I'm pretty sure, and it was pray the rosary. Okay, so we have to realize that the rosary comes from our Lord Jesus Christ through his mother. So we, uh, I'm sorry, comes from the Blessed Mother through our Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ has given her the authority to have us pray the rosary and to give these 15 promises that she promises that will happen to those who pray the rosary every day. Of course, many will ask, is rosary, the rosary grounded in scripture? Of course, the rosary is grounded in scripture. Um, the Catholic Church um, would not even think about doing something like that if it wasn't. Um, and so there are a lot of um, verses like Luke 1, 47 through 48, Revelations 12, 1 through 2, Luke 1, 28, Galatians 4, 4, Luke 1, 43, Matthew 1, 23, Luke 41 through 42, Revelation 12, 17, and Luke 1, 34. So if you want to get more involved in understanding the rosary as far as scripturally based, that is the place to understand how important the Blessed Mother is in spiritual warfare. As well as, as well as our daily prayerful devotional lives. Okay, so after the break, we will get right into this. Um, and then that will be the end of the week, man. And I hope you guys are going to have a great Merry Christmas. Bam. If you're getting value from this podcast and would like more personal marriage help, Visit SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com for an opportunity to work with me personally for free. Yes, within 30 days, learn how to become a better husband that attracts your wife back to you. Visit SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com and get a plan tailored specific to your marriage and situation. I've helped hundreds of men in their marriages. Allow me the chance to help you using my personal and gained experience. Visit SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com for superior coaching for your marriage. Again, SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com. That's SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com to become the man God created you to be and the husband your wife needs. Lastly, I always get the question, why don't you help women? And I always answer them, I do. So for all of you beloved wives out there that want to reignite that feeling of emotional closeness and complete love from your hubby, consider 
marriage coaching and visit SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com for an improved marriage within 30 days. If you're getting value from this podcast and would like more personal marriage help, visit. All right. I don't know what happened, but technology. So let's get going. So. I call this the six this this series, the six masculine benefits of the rosary, and we're going to review those from yesterday real quick. Um, the reason that I want to call this masculine is because really prayer is masculine. It is is very um, most men won't even engage in prayer if they don't really understand how masculine it is and what it does and how it's important to their family and to them and things like that. And I think a lot of times on the pulpits, priests and, and pastors don't really engage men enough. I, I really don't. You know, we want men to stand up. You want men to be strong. You want men to 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 take charge and and be leaders of their homes and of the and and, and um and things like that. But then when 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 you on we on the on the pew and in the pew, not in the pew, but in the on the pulpit, no nobody no, nobody addresses us. Another thing too is the same thing with marriage. They don't they don't address marriage, you know. Um, marriage, especially in the Catholic Church, they they the only thing you hear about marriage in the Catholic Church is oh you can't get divorced. Okay, yeah, I can't get divorced, but why? What does that mean? Like you know, what? No, they don't talk about. It. They don't talk about keeping the family together. They don't talk about why it's important. They don't talk about how to keep a marriage together. What it takes. You know, and all these things like that. And so people are sitting there Sunday after Sunday after Sunday after Sunday after Sunday after Sunday after Sunday. And all they hear is mercy, mercy, mercy. You know, come to God and God loves you. And man, look, we need lessons, man. We need lessons on the pulpit. We all know that. You know, we all know that we need lessons on the pulpit. And if we say that God is important, well, then what about God is important? What about what are Give me some principles about Jesus Christ that's important, like understanding the levels of what's the most important. And of course, marriage is like the most important thing. It's like the top thing. Uh, of course, prayer and devotion to God. But what does that mean? Like, teach us what that means, devotion to God and, and all these kind of things so that men start to understand, OK, damn, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. I understand now. It's not just about me, you know, um, and, and, you know, we expect men to fill the fill the pews and bring their families and stuff. They ain't doing that. Men won't do that if they don't understand why. And people think, well, just because a person knows there's a God and knows there's Jesus Christ, that they're just supposed to fill the churches. Well, first of all, abortion over the last what 30 years or however long it was, the 1970s, has killed millions and millions of kids. So that there is your church being full that is it mr the bishops bishops just let me let you know that's why you're, you're you know that's why your your churches are empty because we killed all those babies but that's another prayer podcast for another day but right now if you really want men to show up you've got to give us a reason to that might sound shallow but i'm telling you man it's not really shallow men are men most men are men of action and they not if I'm going to spend um, every day praying and and being devoted to God, if I'm going to spend every, I'm going to spend two or three hours and four hours in church, and then going back to another service and doing rosary walks and doing all this stuff, then you've got to tell me why 
it's important to do this and, and bang it in my head because I'm not doing it if I got work to do and I got other things I could be doing. Plus, if I'm working six days a week and on Sunday, that's the only day I got to rest and I ain't had no sleep and I'm tired in football zone, I'm watching football. I'm not going to church. So what we have to start doing, and this is not just the pastors and the priests, it's also in the, in the bishops and the pope. It's also, man, the men, men of just men in general. We have to start seeking God, seeking knowledge so that we understand our purpose and our mission so that when Sunday does come or, or we got to pray for our wife daily, it is time to pray that rosary or pray in our father or whatever, you know, whatever it takes. If we not, we, you know, even though we tired and don't want to do it, we do it because it's our duty. Okay, and another, that's another thing too. Most men won't do things if it's, if they don't feel a duty. It's duty bound to do it because we're going to just do the least we can, and then we're going to go play golf. That's just how it is, you know. And this is why it's important that I believe pastors and priests are on the front lines, and I really think that they need to really understand now. If if now understand how important the family is, and how important marriage is, even more important than the family. Marriage is even more important than the family. And now, look, if you if 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 you one of those kind of priests and priests and preachers that don't care, that really don't care about God, you just dare to, to, to go through the motions. I ain't talking to you. But if that's you, what are you doing? What are you there for? So we're begging for help. People, men are begging for direction. They are. Um, and it's time for our leaders as far as I'm talking about. I'm not talking about um, I'm not talking about um, cultural leaders. I'm talking about spiritual leaders. It's time for you guys to really start to understand the man, because that is how you're going to get your churches filled, how you're going to get the money you need and how you're going to get the family to stay together and marriages to stay together. And so with that being said, let's review. Um, well, I have three references for this show, the last two shows um, that helped me to kind of get form what I wanted to talk about. Um, the first is an article, is a little booklet. It's called Common Objections uh, to the Catholic Faith. Um, the, next, the second one is St. Teresa of Avila on the nine levels of prayer and examination of different stages of prayer. And then the third was Our Lady's 15 Promises to Those Who Pray Her Rosary. So that's GodTheGoodCatholic.com. And so to review from yesterday real quick, the, the, we're going to go through the first five. And then number six is what the subject is about today. So number one was my story. So mask and benefits. Of course, I should tell you my story, how I came to the to pray the rosary and how important it was in, in, the, in, in my life. Um Number two was the rosary is your number one battle weapon as a man and how it protects your home and your family um, and how uh, it, it prayers about suffering and sacrifice. Number three, the rosary is the gateway to spiritual warfare. Remember, the rosary is our devotional prayer as well as a spiritual warfare prayer because of how important it is um, and how important it is that we are um, we are tasked to pray it through Christ. Through, through the Blessed Mother, um, and it's it's also something that's really that that is a gateway to spiritual warfare because the Blessed Mother is she is vital in spiritual warfare against Satan. Okay, and number four was the rose will protect your children. 
So the role you protect your children, because why? You can't, you are the protector and the defender in your home. So how do you protect your kids when you ain't around? See, that's why we need the Holy Spirit. That's why you need prayer, the rosary, okay? And then, of course, number five, the rosary will protect your beloved wife. How do you physically protect your wife when you're not around? You can't, no matter what you do. So you are asking the Holy Spirit to protect your wife while you're not around. And this is one of the most powerful things that helped me learn as, I, as I've as i been going through my faith. Those two things, number four and number five, how to get your children to 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 be respectful, uh, how to do get your children to do the things that you that you would make the decisions that you would have them make when you're not around, how to get your children to protect them from physical harm um, and making bad decisions. And that and another thing, how to protect your wife, how to protect your wife physically when you're not around, how to protect your have your wife um to, to, you know, understand that her duties as a woman when you're not around, you know, to, to ward off other men that's trying to infiltrate your family. Okay. These, those two things are so vital to any man, which is why you must pray the rosary, get in spiritual warfare. Why? So that because you, you're asking the, the, the Holy Spirit through your suffering and sacrifice, how to, uh, oh, to protect your family. We think that, oh, we sent our kids and our wife out there into the world and whatever happens, happens. And then with something, we just throw it up to, 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 uh, to luck. Okay. That's not how it works, gentlemen. It's not how it works. We must understand as men that your prayers in the family are the most powerful. Why? Because your wife's job is the children and she doesn't have time like that. That's why your prayers are more important because you're tasked as a protector and defender of your home, not just against physical assaults on your home, but against diabolical assaults on your home. And many men do not know and understand that. And the what the ones who do understand that they're they are they are powerful as men. They understand what's going on. And this is what I want you to understand, too, as well. OK, so that was the review. So let's get started with um, number six. So before we do, let's go with the start with a quote. Quote, if you say the rosary faithfully until death, I do assure you that in spite of the gravity of your sins, you shall receive a never fading crown of glory. For even if you are now on the brink of damnation, even if you have one foot in hell, even if you have sold your soul to the devil, sooner or later, you will be converted and will amend your life and save your soul. If you say the rosary devoutly every day of your life. End quote, St. Louis de Montfort. So there's a story about a couple. And the couple, man, I wish I had it right, but I'm not going to get it exactly right, but the gist of it is he was her husband and he she was she was a devoted catholic, strong in her faith, and he was an atheist. And what happened oh, he was mean to her, he treated her bad for years and years and years, and she prayed the rosary for him, just prayed it and prayed it, prayed it. And he told her, I will never become Christian. I will I will never come to God. I don't care if I'm on my deathbed or not or whatever. 
And for years and years, she prayed, she prayed, and she prayed. And what happened was she died. And what happened when she died, it jerked him. It, it, brought, him, it brought him to life. Um, he couldn't believe it. Um, and I guess he found a journal or something of, of what she did and how she suffered for him. And she would tell God that, that, that she will, she will take, you know, just give my life. She said, I'm giving my life to you, God, for my husband. And when she died, he just couldn't take it. And so what happened was he converted and, um, he became Catholic. He started loving Christ and God and the blessed mother and, and, um, all of these things. And he changed, she changed his life and, and spread this throughout the, the, his environment. Um, and I'm not sure if he, he became a saint. I'm not sure, but what I, my purpose of telling that story is that prayer, the benefits of prayer take a long time. Sometimes, sometimes you get things right now. Sometimes it takes years. And one of the things that father, uh, Amorth, who was the chief Vatican exorcist of the um, chief exorcist for the Vatican, one of the things he wrote is that God loves perseverance, which means what? If you're serious about what you want, you're you are not going to stop. You're going to keep praying every single day and doing everything that you can and suffering and sacrifice to get you say you love that person, then give your life to them. This is why I don't understand women who want to leave their husbands. I don't really get it. They want to sit there and bitch and whine and nag their husband for years and years, and then he doesn't listen. But how many times do you, as a woman, do your duty as a wife? Which is what? Get on your knees and ask our Lord to change the heart of your husband and pray for him and sacrifice for him and suffer for him. You said you love him. You said, you know, you you married him and you want, you want him to give you all these things. You want him to make you priority number one. You want him to make you the uh, most important person in your life. You want him to to uh, to to remember your anniversary and your birthdays. You want him to, to do all these things that show him that you love him. You want him to be a man of God. You want him to go to mass and do all these things. But what have you done but sit there nagging for the last 10 years? And and this is what I don't understand about women. They, they get to this point where, look, it's his fault. Everything he does is his fault. He did this to me. He did this to me. He did this to me. But my point they never seem to realize is, the thing I ask men all the time, especially lately, is if you were your wife, would you marry? Would you marry you? <laughs> if you're a man, this is another thing you should ask yourself right now. If if I if if you were your wife, would you marry you again? Would you? And that's the same thing. That question goes to a woman. If you, if your, do you, are you the woman that your husband needs? Like, would he, would your husband marry you again? If you were you, would you marry you again? See, and that's the thing that I want women to really understand. You must make a petition to God to change the heart of your husband. The Holy Spirit does, is very powerful 
but you must be persistent. A lot of times when two people mess up a marriage, they, they mess it up so bad. And then they think, well, God help me. And then that's it. They pray for two weeks. And if it don't work, they start moving on. That's not how it works. You got to remember, two people can mess up a marriage real bad and mess up a family. And then they call upon the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit takes time to work that stuff out. The Holy Spirit works through people. The Holy Spirit, that's how you got to understand it. So it takes time for the Holy Spirit to work through people to get the result that needs to happen. That's what that, that can make your marriage better or whatever you're trying to ask to be done. And if if I were this is why when you're a man, you're a husband, if your marriage is going bad, you got to petition the Holy Spirit. If you're a wife and you're unhappy in your marriage, your husband's not listening to you, your husband's mean to you, blah, blah, blah. Petition the Holy Spirit through your suffering and your sacrifice, which means what? Pray the rosary for him. If you got to pray 10 rosaries a day until you until your husband does what um, bees the man that you need. To, 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 to make your family great, then that's what you got to do. And, 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 but we don't want to do that. We want immediate results. We're going to go on YouTube and watch and watch short videos all day long. And that's not how the real world works. The real world is not YouTube. The real world is not Facebook or Rumble or all of these things, these things that give us immediate gratification and try to lie to us and tell us how great things are when our life is miserable. And what and that stuff is just designed by this by the di- diabolical to get our mind to distract us, especially men, to distract us into what we should be doing. And that is a message that women really should try to understand. That if you want your husband to change, petition God to change his heart. Then he will love you. Then he will he will he will make you the most important thing in his life. But he won't do that without God. Okay, so the Blessed Mother's 15 promises for praying the rosary. The Blessed Virgin Mary made these promises to St. Dominic and to all who follow that whatever you ask in the rosary will be granted. Now, there is one caveat to that. The Blessed Mother will these promises will will give you if it doesn't go put it like this. What she's saying, one of the things, the most important things is you you get things if it doesn't go against what God wants for you. So if it doesn't go against the will of Jesus Christ, okay, most of us know that, okay? Um, and so as you're reading this, as I'm reading through these and explaining them, that's kind of one of the things you should be thinking about. So these are the 15 promises that the Blessed Mother promises through Christ will be granted if the rosary is prayed daily. I will go through each one and try to explain what they mean if it is not obvious. Please call if you would like to tell your rosary story of how you came to pray the rosary or put a comment in there, in the in the comments, okay? All right, so here we go. Number one, there's 15. So number one, the number one promise is who shall ever faithfully serve me by the recitation of the rosary shall receive signal graces. So let's explain what signal graces are. A signal grace may be a simple sign in daily life that answers a question made in prayer or points towards God's will. For example, seeing a rose after finishing a novena to St. Teresa of Lisieux could be considered a signal grace. Signal graces are often subtle 
are seemingly coincidental. So basically, the signal graces are things that as you pray the rosary and you become and you pray it for long periods of time, you start to get signal graces, which is one of the promises. And a signal grace is basically you understanding what God's will is for you a lot easier. Okay. So it's, they're subtle, they're subtle things. A lot of times it's hard for people, especially these days, like I was just talking about to really listen to God, what God is trying to tell us. And a lot of, believe it or not, the Holy Spirit talks to us throughout the day, throughout the day, all day long. People call it instincts, but really it's the Holy Spirit trying to direct people in the right way to do what? To draw them closer to God. Okay. So we must try our best to learn how to listen. And I try my best to listen. And sometimes it's, 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 I mean, it's always hard because there's so much other things going through your mind at the time. Okay. The number two promise is I promise my special protection and the greatest graces to all those who shall recite the rosary. Number three, the rosary shall be a powerful armor against hell. It will destroy vice, decrease sin and defeat heresy. I'm here to tell you that is so true. That is probably the most truth. That is probably the most true promise there is. The reason I can attest to that one, because it happened to me. Um, armor against hell is important. Why? Because we all get trip tribulation and trials every day. Those are tests. When you get trials, those are tests. Can you weather the storm? Will you, and they're tests to draw you closer to God to get your soul to where God wants you to be. If you're having trouble in your life right now, that is allowed by Christ. All temptation is allowed by Christ. Why? Because your soul is moving too far away from him and he wants to draw you back to him. So this is when you get trials. People think, oh, this is bad luck and God hates me and God's mad at me. No, this is the mercy of God. The mercy of God is this. The minute you do a mortal sin, the minute you're, you rightly deserve hell, you rightly deserve death, and you rightly deserve hell because you've completely separated yourself from God. But God in his mercy goes, it's not time yet. I'm going to give you time to get it together. Okay. So this is when, so little tests come, tests and trials and tribulations come in your life to get you to realize I'm on the wrong path. I need to make a 180 and head back toward our Lord. And many, many, many millions of people do not understand that. And they think, well, it's bad luck or, you know, what can I do on my own to turn this around? And they don't really realize it takes the grace of God to turn it around. Okay, and the rosary will destroy vice, it will decrease sin, and it will defeat heresy. It will, it will, it will, because when you're praying the rosary every day, what will start to happen is your, your eyes will be opened. It's the fruit of the Holy Spirit. It's called wisdom. You start to see the world for what it really is, and so you get a more sense of God and what God is asking of you, and you see things that you didn't see before. Okay, 
So, so important. Number three is so, so important. Number four, the rosary will cause virtue and good works to flourish. It will obtain for souls the abundant mercy of God. It will withdraw the hearts of men from the love of the world and its vanities, and it will lift them to the desire for eternal things. Oh, that souls would sanctify themselves by this means. Okay. The rosary will cause virtue. It will, virtue is character. Like there are 64 virtues, right? You know, like, you know, like, um, like meekness, um, uh, humility, um, pride, I'm not pride, humility, um, uh, discipline, virtues, you know, that, that, that when you put those together, virtue is basically make you holy. The more virtues you obtain, the more holy you become and the less broken you become. And so, the rosary, when you start praying, it, it will start to change you as a man. It will change your, your heart, your character. It will You will be more virtuous, okay? And people will see it. They will. Number, uh, number five, the soul which recommends itself to me by, the, by reciting the rosary shall not perish. In other words, anyone who faithfully prays the rosary and asks for Mary's intercession will not go to hell. Okay, that's what that means. Now, look, remember, we don't worship Mary. And I know sometimes people go overboard, and I've seen it, and I'm, I, it, it worries me when I see people who go overboard with Mary. I mean, I understand it, but I also know what the main, you know, that let's don't get it twisted. Jesus Christ is the way, right? So when, but. Normal, normal Catholics that understand what it's about, they realize, and Christians too, Orthodox Christians understand it too. They understand this concept that if I ask a saint to pray for me, that's way more powerful than asking a normal lady person to pray for me, right? So I might, if you ask your son to pray for you or your friend to pray for you, that's okay. But remember, if that person is in mortal sin, they could pray for you all day long and their prayer is not going to help you. OK, so this is why you have intercessory prayer. And I'm not going to get this perfect because I'm not a theologian, but I'm going to try to do my best to help to, to kind of get it there. So you have intercessory prayer through the Blessed Mother, through St. Thomas Aquinas, through St. Teresa of Lisieux, through St. Maximilian Kolbe. The saints, the saints are real. The saints are in heaven, the heavenly court, all of that stuff. The saints are in scripture. Again, if you believe in God, you have to believe in hell. You have to believe in Jesus Christ. You have to believe the angels and the demons and your guardian angel and all that stuff and the saints. Okay. So if I am a man and I ask St. Joseph to pray for me, that means St. Joseph, who's a saint, who's one of the highest saints there are, he will petition our Lord Jesus Christ if, if, to give me what I ask for. If it does not go against Jesus' will for me, God's will for me, I will receive that. If that is not what's, when I say good for me, I mean good for my soul to draw me closer to God. That is when your prayers are answered. Does that make sense? I hope it does. Okay. Um, so when you pray the rosary and you go, this rosary is the intention of my wife. Basically, a prayer is a suffering. So 
when you pray, it's a suffering and it's a sacrifice. So your suffering, when you pray that rosary, the grace from that growth through the Blessed Mother to Jesus Christ, her son, to God, to the Holy Spirit will answer your prayer. And all that grace will go to your wife, okay, because you suffered. This is why, men, we have to understand that we're not getting what we don't sacrifice for. Just think about it. If I want to be a world-class athlete, I can't sit at home eating bonbons seven days a week and and and, and watching basketball on TV. I got to get out there and sacrifice for it, right? This is where it is in your marriage and in your family. If you want certain things, first of all, you're the leader. If you want certain things in your family, you as the man have to initiate these things. And when you do, God knows you're serious. I want to save my marriage. Boom. How serious are you? Well, I found me a coach to help me and I paid him. The coach told me to do all this work. I'm doing it. The coach told me to pray and I'm doing it. All this suffering and sacrifice I'm doing is showing God that I'm serious. And it also shows your wife you're serious. Okay. This is why when it's very hard for me to turn men down when they come to me. It's very hard. But I have to turn a lot of men down. You know why? Because they ain't serious. They ain't serious. And I don't want to waste my time with a guy that he ain't serious because he's just going to waste my time. He's going to waste the guys in my program's time. And I ain't trying to do that. And that's the same way God is. Like, if you're serious about uh, I want to be a better man, then what you got to do is you got to get on your knees and you got to start petitioning God for that so that that God knows you're serious about what you're asking. If I just go, hey, God, make me a better man, and then when, as soon as I get done, I go run over there and start playing golf and hanging out with the buddies and watching NFL football every day, and and I'm not praying, I'm not going to adoration, I'm not even going to church, I'm not doing nothing, then God goes, well, he just needs to stay where he's at. <laughs> you don't care. <laughs> okay? So that's a good one. Number six, whoever shall recite the rosary devoutly applying himself to the consideration of its sacred mysteries shall never be conquered by misfortune. God will not chastise him in his justice. He shall not perish by an unprovided death. If he be just, he shall remain in the grace of God and become worthy of eternal life. So meaning that is in dying with unconfessed mortal sin in the soul. The Blessed Mother promises that anyone who regularly prays the rosary and earnestly tries to live according to God's will will be spiritually prepared when their time of death comes. That's what you heard me talk about yesterday about a good a good Catholic death, a good a good death that you want a good death which means your soul is ready to meet God. It's ready. And we don't have no regrets. We have, you know, we have the priest there giving us our last rites. We're we're in grace with God. We don't have any mortal sins on our soul. We have very little uh, venial sins on our soul or none at all. And we're ready. Our soul is ready to give for God to do whatever he wants with us to do with us at our judgment at the end of our life. And this is why you heard me talk about yesterday about Look, man, and I I might have sounded harsh, but man, once you reach a certain age, man, you have no more time to be playing around and and acting like a child. You know, and 35 is usually that age. 
like I'm 35, I'm 50, I'm 70, I'm 80. Look, it's time. I, I, I have no more time to play around. I need to start preparing myself for the end of my life. I need to start preparing myself for my judgment. And, you know, God in his mercy, another thing, way God is merciful is he gives you time. He understands you. He wants to, he wants you to be with him. So he gives you light tap throughout your life to get you to listen to him. But there comes a time where even a man has to look, look, childish games are over. Baby faith is over. It's time for be a, be a, be a man in my faith, be, uh, be, um, be exalted in my faith to, to understand how to protect my family and to get my marriage right and to get my wife and children to bring us all together going towards God. There comes a time where we have to stop thinking about ourselves and start really thinking about the consequences of the things that we're doing. And so this is why she's talking about an un, what is it called? What did she call it? Um, a uncontested death, I think is what she said. Oh, an unconfessed, unconfessed mortal sin um, and, and to die a good death. And this is this is what's important to you. You know, you want this in your life so that you're prepared to meet our Lord. And every year, you know, one of the things that was so powerful to me when I went to Crisillo, I talked about that yesterday. Number, that's number one. My friend that asked me to go to the Catholic retreat, Crisillo, which is like, a retreat is a Catholic retreat where men go. There are 30 team members and then 30 men who've never been before. And the 30 team members, what they do is serve the 30 men who haven't been there to help them understand the faith better and to draw them closer to God and to meet them where they are, where they have these talks. They give them 15 talks and they are out throughout the weekend. And the retreat is like four days long, three days long. And then the fourth day is, is after, but, I, I explained that yesterday, but let me check this out. You know, I'm there. I just had the flu all night. The first night I'm there, the first day I'm there, I'm totally got the flu. I'm in the bed. I'm chilling. I had chills all night. And I'm thinking, man, I'm going to have to go home, <laughs> you know. And I realize now that that was God, that was uh, Satan attacking me. Because anything you try to do something good in the face, you will get attacked. You just will. Okay. So the next morning I felt better. Thank God. I drank some coffee and the first talk was my friend, the one that asked me to go. And I forgot the name of the talk, but anyway, he had this jar. He had this jar of marbles. It was a big jar and these big marbles, man, big marbles. And he's giving the talk and he goes, He's kind of saying what I'm saying to you today. Like, okay, you don't have time. You, you think you got a lot of time, but you don't. So he says, we're all sitting there watching him. He goes, I want to show you how much time you got. So he has his big jar of marbles, and he took all the marbles out. And he goes, the average age at that time, the average age of a man to live was like, 85 years old or something. It was like 85 years old. So what he did, he said, I want you guys in your mind to take 85 marbles. He put 85 marbles back. Um, he took, he put 85 marbles back into the, to the jar. And let's say you were 50. So then he, he was like 50 years old or something like that. So what he did was he took out 50 marbles. So 
Then he said, what's 50? He would say, what's 85 minus 50? That's 35. So he said, he held up the jar and said, this is how many years you got left. You got 35 years left to live. And man, that was like some profound stuff. <laughs> like, wow. And he said, every year what you do is you take out a marble. And you have that marble, that jar of marbles on your desk or on your or on your, you know, in your office or in your bed, whatever you want to put it. And every year you take out a marble that lets you know what's happening. That gives you a sense of your your time, a sense of where is my life? It's you get to you start to ask these questions, man. This is what I mean, that it comes to a point in your life where you have to see it's time to grow up. And to not just grow up like be an adult man, but to grow up in your spiritual life. Where is your? What is the state of your soul? What is the state of my soul? What's the state of all our souls? Okay. Number seven. Whoever shall have a true devotion for the rosary shall not die without the sacraments of the church. So the sacraments of the church, there are seven of them. I should have wrote them down because I normally forget one. Confirmation, holy orders, baptism, marriage. Uh, uh, the Eucharist, uh, somebody, come on, put them in there. I got, I got two more. <laughs> I'm a Eucharist. Ah, uh, oh, uh, uh, the uh, of the sick. It's the uh, blessing of the sick. I forgot what that's called. And then there's one more I'm forgetting. See, that's my problem, y'all. I'm on y'all. Put me on all this pressure, <laughs> but. You know, if somebody knows them right off the bat, throw them in there. But um, that's what it's called. You pray the rosary, you will not die without the sacraments of the church. I mean, boom. That's what we talk about, living a good Catholic life. You need the sacraments. The sacraments are infused, have infused grace in them that Jesus Christ gave to the church, and you automatically get grace. Like, everybody knows baptism. Like, baptism is like, boom. You could let's say you are 50 years old and you've never been baptized in your whole life and you've committed all these sins. Once you get baptized in the church, guess what? All of those sins, you are renewed. All of those sins of as off your soul. You get to start over. Is that the bomb? I was thinking, man, when I learned that when I was like, man, because I got baptized when I was a teenager. You know, and I was thinking, man, if I had just waited, I'd have all that stuff off me, Mac, and start all over again. <laughs> okay, the next one is um, number eight. Those who are faithful to recite the rosary shall have during their life and their death the light of God and the plenitude of his graces. At the moment of death, they shall participate in the merits of the saints in paradise. Okay. That's self-explanatory. Number nine, I shall deliver, I shall deliver from purgatory those who have been devoted to the rosary. So purgatory is, is a controversial thing sometimes, um, especially with people who don't understand it. Ah, my wife said holy orders, aka the priesthood. Yep, I think I left. I think I did say that one, but I could have left it out. Thanks, baby. Um um, okay, I should deliver from purgatory those who have who have been devoted to the rosary. So I want to take a minute or two to understand to kind of the best I can to help us understand purgatory because sometimes it's a conflict and people don't really understand it. 
So remember, when you die upon your judgment, immediately at your particular judgment, you're, you're, there's two places. There used to be, before Jesus Christ, I think there was limbo. There was limbo. So limbo was where all everybody that died before Jesus Christ came, they went to limbo if they were ready, you know, if their soul was ready. So uh, like babies died and stuff like that. I could be wrong, but I, I think I'm close. But when you die today, when you die, you got three places you're going to either hell, purgatory or heaven. The great thing is the, the last two are heaven. So purgatory is heaven. It's just a different level of heaven. And then heaven, of course, is in the beatific vision in front of God. Okay. And then hell is hell. Okay. We all understand that one. So purgatory the reason there's a purgatory is, again, the mercy of God. Oh, my God. This is what's so beautiful about this, man. Try to understand it. The mercy of God is this. Like I said early, when you commit a mortal sin, which immediately separates yourself from God, you immediately deserve hell. Immediately. Okay. But you have confession and you can bring yourself out and get back in grace with God and then trying to get things right. OK, so purgatory. Remember, heaven is the beatific vision of God, which means you are in the face of you see the face of God. There's we cannot see the face of God if our soul is not prepared and ready, if it's not pure. Okay, so think about it. So the way you you determine, you can kind of determine that is this. How many mortal sins do I have on my soul? And then if I got all that taken care of, how many venial sins do I have on my soul? Remember, there are two types of sins, mortal sin and venial sin. Mortal sin upon our death immediately separates us from God and we immediately go to hell. Okay. But the venial sins can add up to mortal sins, but that's but there it could be vast. And so you got a lot of venial sins on you, which means your soul is impure. You have a lot of things in your soul that's not ready. So God in his mercy has created created purgatory. Why? Because when you go to when you die, you, if your soul is not perfect, because that's what a saint is, a saint is perfect. Their, their soul is completely and totally pure and clean. And, is, and they are rewarded by the beatific vision being placed before the face of God. But purgatory is where if your soul is not completely clean, you have to go through a purgatory, a purgative state, a, a, a purging state. That's what it means, purging. And so it might take a day. It might take a thousand years. But you go through a purgative state and God burns your soul. He burns the sin. The He burns your soul pure to get it pure so that you are able to see him and understand him better. OK, so my question to you is the question I asked a couple of days ago. And yesterday, I think, is if um, as a person, as a soul, if you died right today. Is your soul ready to be in the eye of God, to be in the face of God, in total purity in front of the beatific vision with our Lord, the Holy Spirit, and God. Is your soul ready for that? And if the answer is no, that's why there's purgatory, to give you a chance to get your soul ready. This is why there's a saying in the church that 
either you're going to have your purgatory on on heaven, I mean, on, on earth, or you're going to have it in heaven, which means either you got to get your soul right and get all as much things off your soul as you can while you're still alive. Because if you don't, in God's mercy, he will send you to purgatory and it gets burned and burned off. And, it's, and it is exactly what it is. It's called, it's painful. It's fire. Okay. If you want to know more about purgatory or whatever, just listen to Father Ripperger's, um Four Last Things. And it, it and that's in, uh, ju- it might be in Judgment or Death. It's one of, the, one of those two talks. So the four last things are death, judgment, heaven, hell. That's the four last things. Okay. They are vital to your life to understand them. And so you can do Father Ripperger or you can talk to, or you can pull up uh, Father Relia. R e l y e a. His his four last things talk is 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 very great too. So either one of those two, they will change your life. They will change your spiritual life if you just listen to them. Okay. All right. Almost done. Um, number ten. The faithful children of the rosary shall merit a high degree of glory in heaven. Understand that there are levels of heaven, just like there are levels of hell. And the what you do on earth determines your level in hell. I mean, your level in heaven. And also, God has a certain uh, has a certain place for you that He's already got in store for you in heaven. To what some people say that the reason one of the reasons that God created humans was to fill the place was to fill the place of all the fallen angels. Um, and so we are now tasked to fill all those spots. That all the the angels that all the angels vacated. Now a third of the angels, man, you gotta remember, there's probably billions of angels. Okay, just think, each one of us has a has a guardian angel right there. That's seven billion angels right there. Okay, next eleven, the eleven eleventh promise of the rosary. If you pray it every day, you shall obtain all you ask of me by the recitation of the rosary. If it does not go against my son's will for you. Okay. Talked about that a little bit already. Number 12, all those who propagate the Holy Rosary shall be aided by me in their necessities. Okay. So spiritually you in your spiritual life, you will be aided by her. Number 13, I have obtained from my divine son that all the advocates of the rosary shall have for intercessors, the entire celestial court during their life. And at the hour of their death, Oh, man, entire celestial court. That's nice. Number 14, all who recite the rosary are my sons and daughters and brothers and sisters of my only son, Jesus Christ. And then the last one, devotion of my rosary is a great sign of predestination. Okay, so that is devotion to the rosary is a good indication that the devotee is on the path to heaven. So all of the things we talked about today, the last one is probably the most important one, which means devotion of the rosary is a sign of predestination. Why? Because if you're praying every day, you're growing closer to God and Jesus Christ, and you're changing as a man, you get all these graces in your life, your characters change, you become more virtuous, you become more holy. Of course, you are on the path to heaven. You're on the correct path. Please try to understand that. It took me a long time, um, and I probably still don't completely understand it. But, you know, I'm not that stupid. I understand a little bit. 
Okay. So, again, devotion of the rosary is a great sign of predestination, was the indication that you are on the path to heaven. Now, bring it all together. Remember, as a man, husband, and father, it is your job to protect your home from physical threats and defend it from the demonic. Many men can't understand why their home is lackluster, chaotic, or void of love and devotion, and a lack of spiritual warfare and devotion to Christ is the problem. Today, we as men are targeted with so much negativity and disrespect, and much of this is due to our own inability to listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit speaking to us and bending our will to Christ and the Trinity. We say we want respect and devotion, but don't really have the warrior spirit to do the things that it takes to truly protect our marriage, family, and ourselves from evil, which is the true enemy. I ask, I, I ask that you begin to wake up as a man and really look at your life and ask yourself, are you where you want to be as a man? How does your wife view you? How do your kids view you? How does God view you? And finally, if your wife, and finally, if you were your wife, would you marry you again? These are questions that only you can answer. The only key is, will you be truthful with yourself or rationalize your situation as being quite simply okay? God love you. Bam. Get live Catholic marriage help Tuesday through Thursday, 10 a.m. Eastern. Live streamed on YouTube, Rumble, Facebook, and CatholicAlpha.com. If you're getting value from this podcast and would like more personal marriage help, visit SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com for an opportunity to work with me personally for free. Yes, within 30 days, learn how to become a better husband that attracts your wife back to you. Visit SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com and get a plan tailored specific to your marriage and situation. I've helped hundreds of men in their marriages. Allow me the chance to help you using my personal and gained experience. Visit SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com for superior coaching for your marriage. Again, SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com. That's SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com to become the man God created you to be and the husband your wife needs. Lastly, I always get the question, why don't you help women? And I always answer them, I do. So, for all of you beloved wives out there that want to reignite that feeling of emotional closeness and complete love from your hubby, consider marriage coaching and visit SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com for an improved marriage within 30 days. All right, all right, we are back. And so I thought of the while sitting here listening to to the uh break, I I thought of the seventh um the seventh sacrament that I didn't think of, and it was extreme unction, which is basically um when you're sick, you get this from the priest uh, when you're in danger of death or sick or extreme sickness. Okay. So those are the seven sacraments of the church. All right. So that being said, we are done for the day and done for the week. I hope that you guys got something out of this. This, this, you gentlemen got something out of this, this week. Um, I know it is it, a little, it was might be a little dry the first couple of days, but um, you know, sometimes, you know, you go through, go through things and, 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 and they seem a little dry, but when you start to contemplate them later, they were, they were pretty good. 
Okay. Uh, that's kind of how the faith is. So that being said, we will end with a quote, as we always do with Pope Benedict XVI, that states, society offers you comfort, but you weren't made for comfort. You were made for greatness. Now go forth, Christian soldier. The spiritual fight is upon you. Fast, pray, and prepare for battle. Thank you for listening in today. If what you heard helped you in any way and you would like more personal attention, visit SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com for superior marriage coaching. And remember to join the Catholic Alpha Radical Live podcast as a caller or listener every Tuesday through Thursday, 10 a.m. Eastern. To join as a caller, dial area code 313-RADICAL. To join as a listener or view the live stream, visit the Catholic Alpha Radical Live Facebook page or visit CatholicAlpha.com for Catholic marriage help that actually works. Bang!